What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Keeping It Wild. This is an outdoors podcast. Today we have Mason Arnold and Dylan Clark here with us. Uh, we're going to got a few things coming up we're going to talk about from turkey hunting to Dylan practically falling off a boat because he's scared of the water. So, what's up, guys? Welcome. How's it going? Not too bad. How's it going, Dana? Good, man. Appreciate you guys making the trip out. No problem. So, Dylan, you just went on a charter fishing trip? I was on my grandfather's boat, and we went to Alcott, New York. Okay. Fished on Lake Ontario for kings and lake trout. How'd you guys make out? Uh, we did pretty well. We were in a tournament with eight other boats, I believe, and we won the tournament. However, it was cut short due to weather. We were looking at between six and nine foot waves. <laughs> um, it would have been Monday and Tuesday, so we fished on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we had a pretty good time. So was it like a four-day tournament and they just cut it down to two? Yes, yes. So okay. They cut it shy. Uh, the Coast Guard had issued a small craft warning starting at two in the morning on Monday. So when we had the meeting on Sunday night, we chose to call. You guys, how were they determining winner? Was it by, by size or quantity or what? So it was, they paid up to five places every day and it was by weight of the fish. However, you could not win the tournament on a lake trout. It had to be a king salmon. Okay. Um, you could place anywhere from second to fifth with a lake trout. And we won first place with a king salmon on Saturday. And third place with a lake trout on Saturday as well. And the king salmon also took the overall winner for the weekend. For the whole weekend. Yep. How big is the boat that you guys were on? We were on a 26-foot Grady White. So that's tiny for big waves. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the biggest boat there. It's a good-sized boat. I mean, it's about almost as big as you can get and want to move down the road comfortably. Right. Um. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough on Saturday. We Did, were the last boat out. Uh-huh. Uh, the rest of the boats called it around noon, and we stayed out until 4 in the afternoon. Was it just really windy? Because I don't remember it rained. Did it rain Saturday or was that Sunday? No, Friday. We, well, we were three hours from here. We didn't have any rain. Um. Lots of waves. They were starting to roll. Storm was coming in. It was starting to get pretty rolly and white caps. So, were you guys downrigging then? Yes, we were. We were, were. You weren't fishing off copper though, just downriggers? No, nope, we were downrigging. Um, Saturday, we had four downriggers and two planer boards out. And Sunday was rough enough that we could not run the planer boards. Did they just tip over? Yeah, they were tipping over. I mean, we didn't even try them. Yeah. we knew. It was um, really rough. How deep were you catching them? Uh, we were in about 85 to 130 feet of water, roughly, and most of the fish we were catching were right around the 90-foot mark. Okay. Huh. Have you done a lot of that? I didn't even know your grandpa was into doing that fishing. Yeah, my grandpa's an avid fisherman. I mean, that's what he lives for. Uh, he has three boats, and I don't fish with him a ton. I go on a couple trips a year with him. I really enjoy it. But uh, I've done some downrigging with him in the past. I've been to Alaska with him twice. He travels to Alaska every two to three years. They tow the boat up there. And he really? Spends, yeah, he spends six to seven weeks in Alaska. <laughs> and a new group of fishermen fly in every week that he knows, and he's essentially a guide. How old is your grandpa? My grandpa will be 86 in June. And he's just getting after it. Yes, sir. So, if you only go out with him two or three times a year, how many times does he normally go out? Uh, typically, he tries to fish every Sunday year-round if he can. Some days the day doesn't work. Uh, if 
the weather's good, we're cooperating. I mean, there's times in between ice fishing and getting on the lake that you can't fish, but typically every Sunday you can. And if it's good in the middle of the week and he couldn't fish on a Sunday, he'll take a day off in the week and go fishing. Does he normally go to the lake that you guys were on, or does he ever fish around here locally? He fishes, so he has a camp in Fairhaven, mm-hmm. which is roughly 100 miles east on Lake Ontario, as to where we were this past weekend in Alcott. He'll fish Cuga Lake pretty often, and he'll ice fish everywhere. Wherever there's ice, wherever they can mm-hmm. get on, he'll ice fish there. Do you ever go with a mason? Well, I went to I went to Alaska with him with my dad uh, three years ago. Yeah, and, and you went on uh, that boat. Yep. Yeah. What's that? I think it was five. Yeah. The way I describe it to people is it's like you're on a guided fish. You know, it's like you're on a fishing trip. It's uh-huh. like you're on a charter, and he. Not that he doesn't care to catch fish, but this weekend I'd have to argue with him to real fish in. He'd say, oh, rod up, and, you know, he'd call someone and say, no, it's your turn, no, it's your turn. And finally, the rest of us on the boat, there's four of us, decided we're just going to be stubborn, and he's not going <laughs> to let a fish get away. So he got on, and he caught a couple fish in some pretty big seas, and he had a good time. No kidding. So, yeah, because I've gone with some of those crusty older guys a handful of times, and, like, they... I'm all for taking it seriously and catching fish or shooting or whatever, but they take it seriously to the point where you're like, this almost isn't enjoyable because they're looking at it kind of from that perspective. So your grandpa's not like that. He'd rather have everyone else have a good time kind of deal. Or yes, does he, no, he runs yes. a pretty tight ship. I will, you know, a very tight ship. Um, on Saturday, we were moving around trying to figure out the depths that the fish were at, and he got frustrated and started moving the boat around, and we... It was trial and error for the first few hours mm-hmm. until we got on fish, and to him that was frustrating, and to me I didn't care. You know, I was out on the boat, I was having a good time, yep, once we got on fish, it was a blast. That's, yeah. that's what it was in Alaska, just, if we weren't on fish, he was mad. Miserable. And uh, we're, we're just Not mis- I wouldn't say miserable, but frustrated. He right. wants, the people he invites to take on the boat, he wants them to have a good time, sure. especially in Alaska. I mean, right. people have a day and a half of travel to get there and a bunch of money tied up in flights and he wants to put people on fish. And that's what he enjoys doing is seeing people catch fish. Right. Yeah. I went, um, last year, it was about this time last year, I went walleye fishing with a friend of mine who's into it to the point where like, it's like, it's business. You're not out there like fishing and we had a good time and whatever, but like we'd be fishing, we were jigging for walleye on sonars and we wouldn't catch anything, and then he'd, like, kind of throw a temper tantrum. And we'll have him on the podcast here. Um, he's working down in the city right now. But uh, then, you know, we'd drive the other end of the lake, and we'd do the same thing. We did that for most of the morning. And we got on the boat, and we were fishing Oneida, I think. And the limit up there is three three walleye per, for, per guy. We had three guys on the boat. We got on the water at 7 a.m. We didn't come off till dark, which was... 8 30 9 p.m and yeah. we are just coming in with our limit because like we're not leaving until we have our limit right. and, we had, and he, he told me when we left he goes it might be a long day and i'm like all right whatever i brought a granola bar <laughs> that was it so the entire day and i don't go more than a couple hours without eating right so you know for 12 14 hours on a boat dana was grumpy um i was about I, uh, to just start eating fish raw we brought a bunch of sandwich made out on the boat with us we made lunch on the boat yeah um but we put full days in Sure. A pretty cool day. I mean, we were on the water at 
I think 515 we were on the water. Yeah. We were, docked, we were putting the boat out, yeah. So you went out the night late. before and stayed with them then? Yes, so we, uh, we had rented a place right in Alcott. I mean, it was 300 yards from the boat launch. Yeah. Just pulled the boat at night, put it back in in the morning, and yep. went about fishing. Yeah, we went, um, or I went up north last weekend, turkey hunting with Matt, Federation. Yep. And um, he was telling me a couple weeks prior, him and his dad left their house, I think he said like 2 or 3 in the morning, drove north a couple hours because the turkey pressure around here is just, it's been getting hammered, and I think that up there it's all dairy country, so everyone's still working. And down here it's not. I mean, not as much. Yep. And so a lot of people are laid off, so everywhere around here has just been getting piss-pounded as far as hunting pressure. So they went up there, and they left like 2 or 3 in the morning so that they could be in the woods at dark and then hunted till noon and drove home, and then he went to work. You know, so essentially no sleep. But, yeah, we went up um, just to, like, Tug Hill area. Yep. Went up to camp, got there like five o'clock got a fire going in camp and then we went and started out going around scouting turkeys and it started snowing and then it started snowing harder and then it kept snowing and we were seeing a ton of birds and there was literally probably two or three inches of snow on their back and like you know so we were kind of it was hard to see because it was they get that big lake effect snow yeah yes so Very like snow so it was there. really heavy huge flakes so we're glassing these fields trying to see, and, like, we could barely make out if it was a turkey or not. But the other cool thing, there was no one else out scouting turkeys. Really? And every field we drove, and it was a Tuesday night, but every field that we drove past, so every field that we drove past, there was five turkeys here, or a couple strutting here, a couple there. And so we'd stop, and every farm we asked, they're like, sure. Like, I just usually have to deal with them out the back of the barn. Right. Uh, meaning they shoot them with their rifle. Yeah. Um, but it was, I never hunted turkeys in the snow. Yeah, I hadn't hunted them Until, either. yeah, this past Wednesday. Huh. But that it's was. It's been a really weird spring, for sure, as far as weather and turkey hunters. I mean, you've been out in the snow, I believe. No, no snow. Yeah, how's turkey season been going for you? You got your oh, sister first bird? Yeah, first ever kill? Been rough. I uh, got one property that can basically. Not guaranteed, but you have a 90% chance of killing a bird in opening day every year. I have for the last four years. And uh, it's weird, the property, they don't, birds will show up there two or three days before season. So it's kind of iffy on scouting them. You got to watch them first or those three or four days um, before season, see if there's birds there. And uh, they're up above on the neighbor property. That I have permission to hunt. I, I don't really hunt it, but it's so it gets it gets hunted too hard, too many people. And uh, so I found a bird. Actually, there's two long beards out there. I saw one. So like two weeks before season, I never see birds out there uh-huh. that far above season before season. And uh, so I watched them. Um, and the two long beards with like two hands. I'm like, all right, cool. So I knew there were some birds around. There's always there's always a few long beards on this property. So. Went like two weeks and didn't see any birds there. And it was, I don't know, three or four days for a season and no birds, no birds. And it was two days for a season, one Longbeard showed up. Longbeard all by himself on the field and like six o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, cool. End up two hens walked out in the field. So he went roost with them. I watched him the night before. So it was a Thursday, Friday's opener. Yeah. Went in the woods with two hens. And uh, I got to work at seven. So I'm like, it's kind of crunch time. Yeah. Try to get a bird on the ground. So I set up 
in between block woods in the field where he's going to be where he goes out they almost walk out of the same spot at the same spot every morning within a hundred yard chunk bird is fired up off the roost and i've heard everyone else say i didn't hear any gobbles opening morning yeah. this bird is fired up didn't make a peek heard him fly down yelled real quiet two or three times and he gobbled on his own on the ground three or four times like all right I'll call a few times so I don't know there's a hen over here. Yelled a few times, he shut up. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll sit here. And it's like 640, and I only yeah. work like 10 minutes yeah. away. Somebody, I'm like, so it's like 640 at this point. And you're worried he's probably might come in silent because like, they yeah. do that all the time. And I'm like, oh, what do I do, what do I do? So next thing I know, he gobbles like 400 yards away. And I'm like, this isn't what they're supposed to do. They're <laughs> supposed to walk out to the field. So... I'm like, all right, got to go to work. So that night, Friday night, I was like, all right, if I get out of working time, I'll watch him in that field. Hopefully I'll see him go mm-hmm. home Saturday morning. Yep, on that field, Friday night, two hands with him. Watch him go to the same spot. They always do. Go roost. I'm like, all right, Dad and I are going to set up 100 yards apart, see what happens. Bird's fired up, fired up, hits the ground. Gobbles a few times. I'm like, so he was kind of walking my way a little bit. And uh, just heard him clucked a little bit on my slate call. Bird shut up. I'm like, this is weird. He like, don't like that should, call. I'm like, there shouldn't be any pressure on this. Right. Boy, I was running a mouth call more. I'm like, oh, maybe he didn't like something. And uh, I'm like, this bird shouldn't have any pressure on him. Like, it's second day season. No one else yeah, can this. He's been down here the last two mornings. The neighbor property's not getting shot at yet. They basically stay on. When they move down in this property, it's kind of like a honey hole for them. They kind of yeah. stay in there all day. I'm sure they work, worked away at the neighbor property a little bit, but not close enough. He's killed way, way, way too many birds. <laughs> Doesn't care. He's like, if, if it's not in my face, I don't need to kill him. Okay. All right. You know, I was like, he's like, it's your property. Well, I'm like, no, should have killed the bird. All right, well. So, <laughs> what would you have done, Dylan? Shot it. Yeah. <laughs> Missed. Would have killed the but. bird. Oh, I shot. <laughs> I've shot at birds on your properties. Yeah. <laughs> you were there for that one. So, I end up, my sister wanted to hunt Saturday morning. Okay. And, uh, but I wanted to hunt this bird. I'm like, he's, someone else is going to kill him. Something's going to happen. I want to be able to kill this bird. So, I hunt him Saturday morning. She's just starting to get into the whole outdoor. She deer hunted pretty hard this year and had a bunch of, she had three gun malfunctions, shells weren't going off, just bad luck. She, oh, yeah, you were talking about that. She should have yeah. killed a nice buck, and she didn't because the ground didn't go off, and she just had bad luck. So I was driving around Saturday night. I'm like, all right, I'll go try to find a bird in a different property. So I go find, there's two long bears and like four jakes in this property. I'm like, all right, we should go kill a bird in the morning. Yeah. So you get in there way early. Because they, they either roost in, right in the corner of the field, they roost 100 yards of the woods. And if they're in the corner of the field, I want to be set up within 80 yards of them. I don't want to spook them. Was me and my sister and her boyfriend, which I hunt with pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got three people walking in here. We got to get in there early. So we get set up early. Next thing all How early is early? If I want to get real close, within 60, 70 yards of the birds on the tree, I want to be set by 4 or 4.15. Set up. <laughs> You can take a nap when you get in there. Yeah, sure. I, I did it the other day. Now, now you weren't like putting a blind up or anything. You were nope. just trying to get people just in quiet, get decoy people set. In there quiet. Okay. Decoy and, uh, set. Decoy set. And uh, 
just get in there, sit down, you can take a nap, and you hear the sure. wood. When you hear all Tweety Birds start tweeting and just hear the woods come alive, it's nothing like it. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and if you're out there after they're tweeting, you're too late. Right. Yeah. If you hear birds yeah. walk, if you hear them tweeting and they're walking in, you're too late. At that point, you might as well wait till seven once they're yeah. down off the tree. So we set up. Next thing I know, bird gobbles like 300 yards away. I'm like, man, bird shouldn't be over there. It should be like right there. Right. The next thing I know, that bird gobbles way early. Yeah. Right when the Tweety Bird start, he gobbled real early. Next thing I know, bird gobbled right 100 yards away, and then. <laughs> Next, there's 10 birds that start firing, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know there's this many birds over here. And we probably heard 200 gobbles by the time they flew down. It was (laughs) just a picture-perfect morning in Turkey Woods, and uh, she was sitting next to me because I was going to hopefully talk her through the shot. I could see her just start getting excited. And there's just birds screaming their heads off everywhere. One would gobble, and all the rest would gobble, and that's just, it was just constant gobbling. So I see birds fly down, and we ended up moving around the tree, not facing the field anymore, facing the woods where all the birds were. Because originally they roost either right on the edge of the field or fly. So right you down turned the around field. to where you heard that first group of birds nope. farther away. Where that first bird got the one three hundred yards. I'm like, all right, we gotta scooch around this tree. Yeah. So we scooch around that tree, and then all these, all of a sudden, there's birds everywhere on the ground. There was like five or six jakes at like sixty yards. And they walk out to the field, and I ask her, do you want to shoot Jake? She goes, I don't care. I just want to shoot a bird. I'm like, all right, we got to get back around this tree. Yeah. We're going to see these decoys. And uh, her boyfriend's sitting, like, I don't know, probably eight or nine yards up above us, tucked in a little bush. She's probably just, closer to seven yards. Maybe. <laughs> so he just wanted to just come. Be there come for it. Out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Bert, Jake's hit, headed towards the field. Yeah. So we scooch back around the tree, so she's uh-huh. facing the other way. And uh, next thing I know, I see Jake's the corner. Three three Jake's came full straw to like 40 yards. One peeled off, then two other ones just were committed to the decoys. And then her boyfriend behind me, Kevin, goes, long beard, 20 yards behind you. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, there's no way she can swing on this. Like, oh, and he go, hey, Molly, there's a long beard behind you. You think you can swing that way? And she's like, no, I can't see him. And I'm like, all right, Jake's are committed. Yeah. So these two Jake's, and then she's she's like, starts, I can see her. Guns, guns just shake and pumped yeah. up, excited. And uh, the second Jake, the one in the back, saw her swing her gun on him. She goes, which one should I shoot? I'm like, gosh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't Kill She's one. Like, yeah. And they're at like 50. Second Jake saw her alarm pumping hard, alarm pumping hard, and that first Jake did not care. Just he was decoys. Yeah, going to decoys. And that bird got in the decoys and she hammered him. How far and, was he uh, when she shot? Uh, Probably between 10 and 15 yards. So it's actually kind of a tough shot because yeah. your wad's oh, so tight. tight. Like yeah, you're way too tight. Huh. That's a slug at that range. I guess it helps that she grew up in a gun shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't too involved in the shop. She'd come down here and there. Yeah. And, but. Um, so she got the bird. You said it was a Jake. Yep. Was she pumped? Oh, beyond. It, she, it was like, she had the excited, like shaking, exciting. We've all felt it. Yeah. Just, uh, and then she had like hit that she, she's never really killed anything. 
that's like, you know, she shot rabbits and sure. woodchucks and stuff, but she's never killed anything like deer or turkey before, so it kind of hit her like that, that I just, you know, yeah. killed something. Yeah. And then, but she was excited. The bird is stone cold dead. She toasted it. That had to be cool. Like, I know every time I take someone out who's a brand new hunter and, like, never done it, and we can get them on something, like whether it's a turkey or a yep. deer or a duck or a goose yep. or whatever, like, you don't have to say anything. You just watch them and watch the reaction after it happens. And you kind of know, like, that person's hooked for life. Oh, definitely. You know? Uh, and it's, for me, probably equally as cool as killing that animal. Maybe more cool yeah. to take was, someone out for the first time and do that. I was way more jacked up watching her shoot Jake than I ever would be shooting Jake at this yeah. point. But uh, it was uh, just picture perfect, dead by 6 o'clock, just awesome. Awesome, yeah. huh? But, uh... That worked out. So that yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Um, same guy I was talking about that I went out fishing, walleye fishing with. He took a girl out for youth weekend. Um, I was talking to him on the phone a couple days ago. And he took her out. And out behind his house is just like turkey haven. It's like three or four hundred acres that no one hunts besides him. And every time I roll up to his house, like if we're going fishing or whatever... There's always times I was strutting on that field, like this time of year. And he, he doesn't hunt that much anymore. He's killed tons and tons of birds. But this girl, I want to say she's like 13, 14, I, I don't know, whatever the age is for youth weekend. And she wanted to go out, their neighbors, so he's like, yeah, I'll take it, whatever. He said it was probably the coolest scene he's ever seen turkey hunting himself. I mean, he had three toms beating up his decoy. She missed all three of them. And then he had more toms come in. She missed again. So she missed three times that morning on three nice different sets of birds. And, uh, you know, so she was real down on herself. And then a different guy took her out the next morning and apparently got a bird to basically run her over. And uh, and then she, she was able to kill that one. So she got her first bird. And he goes, I don't care if I ever pick up a gun again. He goes, if I can take someone like that out once a year, yeah. he goes, that's, that's way more fun for me at that yes. point. I think that's how my grandfather feels. He enjoys fishing, whether you fish or not. Just being out there. Yes, sure. it's beautiful out there. And uh, so we had a decent trip in Alaska, and we caught some fish here and there. And this past weekend, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better weekend. And Todd, he's never caught a lake trout um, at all, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's not as unless he wanted to catch a lake trout. And my grandfather's like, what? Who wants what you, to catch yeah, a lake what trout? what do you mean you want to catch a lake trout? Go catch so, a king. Right. So it's, we're sitting there, and it's Todd's turn up, so we'd rotate turns on downriggers, and they'd go off, and Grandpa does not take his eyes off him. He doesn't run the boat. He'd rather someone else steer the boat when we're trolling, and he watches poles. He goes up, and he goes, I feel like people catch fish. Sure. Loves it. You it's, ever eat those big Lakers? I'd rather eat a lake that weighs about six pounds. I'd rather honestly. eat a tire that came up off the bottom. Right, of that's exactly <laughs> That's where they get that sand from, Dana. No, they, um, I'll, I'll eat them, but, I mean, compared to, like, a like a, like a brown or a freshwater, you know, yep. um, like a river fish, yep. man, those Lakers, nasty. They're, they're not my preferred fish of choice. No. How about those Kings, though? Uh, eat those all day long. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up limiting out on our, on Sunday. Okay. We caught the last fish. So we started the morning, going back to a pen we sat, or we sat the previous day, and we're trolling along, trolling along, and nothing's happening, and it's early yet. All of a sudden, rod up, 
route up, route up. We had a triple on before seven. <laughs> and I don't know, have you trolled much? Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. You can imagine. A few times a summer. You can imagine three fish on. Pandemonium. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it was chaos. It wasn't organized. No, it's hard so, to be organized. Yeah, so we all had a fish on, and it was technically Grandpa's turn from the previous day. And he said, nope, no, 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 get on it. So he's netting fish left and right and pulling down riggers up, and we get them all on the boat. He says, well, that's how it's going to be. Let's set them all back down. So we did a loop, started over, I don't know, probably a quarter mile from where we were, started over, and a couple rods up, a couple rods up. And at the end of the day, we had a downrigger that's been giving us issues. It'd trip, it'd go, you know, it'd watch a rod bump, bump, and then it'd pop, and nothing. Yeah. What the hell? So you pick it up, put it back down. We were running cheater lines on the side yeah. riggers. And finally... Grandpa watched, he'd been saying, he goes, that's a steelhead, messing with it. You know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, yeah. Yep. And finally, Rod goes off. Bump. We're looking, we're all watching. Still hooked on the downrigger. Steelhead jumps. Grandpa goes, Todd, you might want to grab that red rod. <laughs> and I'm thinking, really? Yep. It's not even out of the downrigger holder. I mean, it hasn't yeah. pulled it out of the clip. And Todd brought a steelhead in. And the steelhead put on a hell of a fight. It was sure. I shouldn't say a fight. It was dancing all over. So we were moving rods from holders to yeah. holders, trying to make room to net it. And we get done, and my turn wasn't next. Actually, it was another guy's turn. And Grandpa goes, "Oh, fish on that rod." And I'm looking at the rod in the corner holder, and Grandpa's holding one, trying to set it back in the holder. Gives me the rod. I thought he was going to grab it. So I'm holding this rod. I've got a fish on, and I'm pointing at the other one. It's going off. And I'm like, oh, maybe I have one too. <laughs> so we have two more fish on at the same time. I brought the king that won the tournament in. Scott brought another big laker in. And just as we're getting done, we're... Now, how big was the king that won the tournament, did you say? 23.8 pounds. That's a big fish. Nice king. Yeah, yeah, it's a good king. It's... Uh, my grandfather said it was an okay king, but yeah, that, that was the biggest king I've ever caught. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. And it put on a pretty good fight. I caught it on the latest rod that we had set out. Uh-huh. And, uh, so you're working for that to get Well, that. yeah, yes and no. So it ran a bunch of line off early, and so I started working it and working it. Yep. And it started charging towards the boat, and I just thought, holy shit, I lost this. Yeah. I knew it was a big fish. Right. I'm reeling as fast as I can. I'm I'd reeling, reeling, reeling. Feel a little tension against it. And Grandpa goes, "Don't stop reeling that." Get that thing tight. Right. So I bet it. It probably ran 75 to 100 foot out early. I bet I reeled 200 foot in, charging the boat <laughs> as fast as I could. Yeah. How'd and your I, forearms feel? There, I was getting tired. Honestly, yeah. thinking, man. I hope this thing stops or realizes what's going on. Right. So finally, it realized. What was going on? I fought it. I don't know. I didn't even look at the little counter on the rod, but I fought it for a little while and got to the boat and it charged away again, a ways. We got it in and netted it, and that was pretty cool. It was probably a twenty-minute fight or something. No kidding. Yeah, that's pretty sweet though. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah. They put on quite the fight. A king will put on a show for sure. Sure. For sure. Do you, Mason? Do you ever do much? down regular stuff around here or not as much as this yeah thing. i don't really have interest i i enjoy to go like i spent a month up on a 
Sam River last yeah. September. And uh, so that's my thing. I like to stream fish. I'm not a big lake kind of guy. Oh, uh, you're a stream snob? I want to be shooting carp. I don't want to be fishing. It's almost yeah. that time of the year, bud. Yeah, it is that it time is. of the year. It's yeah. going to happen this week. <clears throat> you guys plan on doing a lot of that? Yeah. I've never done that before. Really? Yeah. You can come with us. We'll talk about it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Don't smile when you say that. I'll bring it. You're going to love it. No, I'll go. Yeah. yeah that's good. a great time. What time do you guys usually go out when you're carp fishing? Pretty well dark. Yeah, you. Yeah. It's nice to put the boat in the water when you know. Still got a little yeah, bit of light. You don't want to be putting the boat in the water at night. I mean, I've done it. Do you run quite a bit of lights on the front of your boat? Yeah. yeah. So a good buddy of ours, Hunter Sherwood, uh-huh. he has. Uh, he bought a pontoon boat, pretty cheap. I mean, it's a decent boat. That's slick. It is, and we took we cut the front, I believe, ten foot off, and we built. It's a bunch of grates, so it's eight feet wide, the width of the boat, and ten foot long. So you can see grates. through it. Well, not so much see through, but when you bring carp up on, you know, all the blood's going to go down into the water. Uh-huh. And then we mounted three lights on each side and four yeah. across the front, big lights. And you just run them off, like, marine batteries? Oh, we run them off a little generator. little Yamaha generator with uh-huh. the yeah. Honda with an inverter. I okay. mean, it's making 12-volt power. Um, that's a great time. That's sweet. I love it. Actually, today, I know Maurice came up, we were shooting carp. Tonight, yeah. Tonight. Now, is there a limit on how many you can no, shoot? No, like we've that? filled, we take 55-gallon drums, cut the tops off them to put the carp in. Well, anyway, so have you been out, you, have, you haven't been out turkey hunting at all? I have not. I had a friend of mine call me yesterday, actually, and I didn't sleep well. Saturday night, two of the other guys we fished with snored really bad, and I couldn't fall asleep. I slept about four hours, came home, drove the boat home, unpacked everything, helped Grandpa put everything away, went to work for a few hours, and he called me at work, and I said, man, I'm just tired. I don't want to get out early tomorrow. Uh, I'll get out, hopefully, by the end of the season here. I'd like to. Yeah. It's been a pretty busy spring. Yeah, it's been a weird spring. I did a little turkey hunting. Did you? Well, I was looking for birds. I was planting corn. Oh, that kind of counts. Keep my eyes open, yeah. Traveling on me? Yeah, so um, so I was looking on for Pennsylvania from May 18th yesterday till the end of the season. You can hunt from sunup to sundown. So, really? because I think, I don't know if that's new this year. I never knew that. Um, but they do it apparently for the second half of the season. So, the closest part of Pennsylvania, one of their biggest public land forests, is an hour south of me. So, I can get a seven day tag, it's like 30 bucks. Yep. Drive down there um, and hunt, and I could just leave from here in the morning. You know, drive down right. and hunt. It's not too far. Hunt state land. You know, it looked like it was five or six thousand acre forest, and uh, you know, cover some ground, and I hunt all day if I want. So right. I'd like to do a little bit of traveling. Uh, Matt has some land that he leases out in Ohio, um, but he said that he hasn't heard that there's big turkey numbers out there this year. So I was considering doing that, but. Uh, yeah, I think that I'd like to get down to Pennsylvania at least once or twice. It'd be a cool hunt to go on, for sure. And, you know, just public land and explore yeah. new ground. Yep, and see exactly. It. Traveling. Straight up. Find. So, how about you? Have you gotten a bird yet? So, getting back to that opening morning bird, I uh, ended up talking to the guy that hunts the neighboring property, and youth season, opening day, those two longbeards were up where they always are. Uh-huh first few weeks before season called both birds in and uh 
one of his buddies' son killed the one okay. other bird walked. So uh, that bird watched his buddy get killed and just it's been spooky ever since. Haven't even bothered hunting him. I heard that, and I was like, maybe towards the last week of season, if he's give still him, around. Him rest, yeah. If he's still around, I might go kill him. But I work for a big dairy farm, and uh, fortunately, my boss let me take a week off of work, first week of May. And uh, so Kevin, my sister's boyfriend, also had to work, had all May off so far because of the whole coronavirus. So we decided we're going to haunt. I got a week I got a week off, we're going to hunt from sunrise till noon, mm-hmm. and uh, hunted hard, just, we'd get birds fired up off the roost, and they'd fly down, shut up, go off with their hands, do their things, and then we'd, we'd hear nothing till 10, 30, 11, and then we'd get a bird fired up every, every other day we'd hear a bird, but uh, just kind of struggled all week, um, I, ended up, I ended up killing a bird, the only bird we had really that that come work and it was he, 15 yards he came in and screamed his head off and that was at 11 30 the all by himself hear the hen all about it yeah and uh but we worked if we didn't work a bird off the roost we should have just went and taken a nap till 10 30 but we yeah. hunted hard i have uh, quite a bit of property that i lease out and I got a new piece of property this year, a farm that was supposed to only have one other turkey hunter. Ended up having like 15 guys oh, really? on the property. I thought it was going to be a killer property and just got piss pounded hard the first few weeks. Or first week and a half, I should say. And uh, so I've only had that property once. And uh, just wasn't successful. And then my buddy's got a bunch of property in Cander, Ithaca way. Yeah. And uh, hunted it like three or four mornings. He's got a pile of property and no birds, not a single gobble we heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we worked, we worked a few birds from ten to noon over there. So we'd come hunt my property over here in the morning, and then go over there towards the afternoon or before noon. But uh, learned a lot. Messed up on a few birds that should have definitely been killable, but yeah, it, for me it feels like every year because it's so long between times that I go turkey hunting that I like forget a ton of like what I know and yeah. what I remember, and it takes me being in the woods a couple times to be like, oh yeah, I should do this or I shouldn't do that. Quit calling. Like like stupid stuff. Like I hear a tom strike up on the roost, like. I think it was the second time I went out. And so I start, you know, balking at him. And yeah. then, I, like, I did that for a couple minutes. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. I'm not supposed to call him on the roost, you know, yeah. and, and just dumb shit like that. Um, but as you get smarter, the turkeys get smarter. So it gets harder because they yeah. get so much more and more and more. I've, I've had pretty good luck the first week of season getting hens fired up right off the roost and uh, having them come down pissed off, like, who's this new – new hen in town sure and uh bring long birds in with them but uh yeah that's what i did um first week of the season i think it was the fourth day uh it was when i beat you to that spot mm-hmm. and you texted me asking if i was back in there because uh, well, i saw the night before i was scouting i saw one long beard out there with six or seven hens 
And every other spot I saw I had, you know, on that, that public land chunk had a ton of trucks parked everywhere yeah. looking at birds. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's gotten just absolutely hammered. So I was like, okay, this is the only spot I think people haven't seen this bird. It's, it's a long walk it's back in there, It's a long walk too. back in there, and you got to look through the hedgerow just right yeah. to see that back field. And so I get back in there, like, early. Not, like, your standards early, but pretty good. You know, I was probably what set up. What time is that, Dana? I was set up at, like, 4.30. Okay. So, you know, pretty good. And uh, that's actually not true. I remember I was being a little bit, I was a little bit late because I didn't have socks on, I didn't have gloves, and I was freezing cold, but I didn't want anyone to beat me in this box. So it was maybe, chilly out. I said, so maybe I'm, it wasn't 4.30, it was like 4.35. So, <laughs> uh, so I get set up, and, and I put a hen and a jake out, and I couldn't tell exactly where the birds had roosted, but I knew it was somewhere on the edge of that field because there's a big drainage yeah. that went down, and they're like kind of roosting on like those, you know, the corners ravines, of those drainages, yeah. or those ravines. So I set up. Sure enough, right before first light, I hear Tom fire up. And I'm like, okay, sounds like he's a ways away, but he's around here somewhere. Uh, and then I start hearing some hens firing up. And then finally they come down off the roost, and they're sitting, and the Tom, and it sounded like at one point there's two Toms, you know, just hammering back and yep. forth, and the hens and whatever. And then they went silent. And they were silent for like 20 or 30 minutes. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. And I was just like soft clucking and, you know, not doing a lot, but just yep. like, hey, I'm over here kind of thing. And I'm like, crap. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to stand up kind of slow and, you know, see if I can kind of run and gun and strike one up. So as I'm standing up, you know, this hill, I don't know if you've ever been in that field, but there's like a big crest and it kind of dips down. Is that right towards the center of it? Yeah, towards the back half. Okay. If you're looking at it from the road. And I stand up just enough where I can see his fan over that hill. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I sit back down as quick as I can. And I was kind of hoping that there wouldn't be birds there because I was so damn cold at that point because yeah. it was like 30 degrees that morning. <laughs> I hunted that morning. It was way yeah. cold. Yeah. And like I said, no socks, no gloves. I was just like <laughs> shaking. And um, I don't even think I had a butt pad. So my ass was soaked. It was terrible. And so I'm like, well, I got birds, so I got to stay here. So I sit back down. You know, whatever, and I start just, you know, clucking and finally get those hens interested. And so for probably the next hour, hour 15, I worked those hens, you know, from the one side of the field to the other, and they came up. I mean, they are so close I could have reached out and grabbed them, yeah. you know. And they must have saw me at one point and got spooked, kind of walked away. I clucked a little bit. They came back like, okay, no big deal. And he's out there at like 50, 60 yards. And I'm like, come on, dude, clear that bush. You know, I just want to well. shoot you and get home. And so I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. He finally gets to right where he's about to clear the bush. I had my GoPro turned on. I'm recording. I'm like, yeah, you're done, dude. So he clears a bush from the way I could see it, squeeze a trigger. The bush in front of me disappears. I just completely blasted that, that little bush. I thought my gun well. barrel was clear of it. Bird takes off flying. First time in my life I ever missed a turkey. I was beside myself. I'm like, I'm just waiting for him. You know how like sometimes you shoot a duck and they just drop out of the air like yep. a few seconds yeah, after later? Yeah, a little while. Yeah, like where their heart stops. Yeah. I'm just waiting for him to be flying and just drop out of the air because I'm like, this, this doesn't happen. I don't get it. <laughs> and he just flew away. I'm like, what the hell? So I go and look. There's no feathers. There's no blood. I walk down to the other side of the field just to see if he like went down and died in that ravine. He's up roosting in the tree, flies away from me. Was oh, he feeling man. okay? He was fine. Yeah, he didn't harm him at no. all. No, not a scratch. Man, I like so for you know the next week, 
I don't know if I hunted every day, but pretty close because I was like, I need to redeem myself. And I drove like an hour over to Franklin's. I bought new turkey loads. I patterned that gun. I patterned like three different guns. I'm like, what's going on here? And then that other bird, I was actually walking out of the woods. So the one that I, the second bird I got. So it's like a week later. I'm like walking out of the woods, just real slow, coming up out of this ravine. You know, and I tried setting up on a bird. It didn't work out. I come up and I crest this ravine. And this Tom that I saw right as I was going in, because I got to this spot about seven, he's laying there in this tall, like, clover grass, five yards from me, as I crest this knob. It starts flying. I shot him out of the air. Because, <laughs> awesome. like, I know that's that same bird, and I saw his rope hanging. I said, yep, boom! Got him. You know, it was like a 10-yard shot. It's <laughs> a hard shot to make with a turkey load, man. I suppose. I mean, a three-and-a-half-inch number five. And, right, he uh, slug at that point. Yeah, and uh, three-inch solid column at him. Pretty much, and apparently I'm just better when they're flying. You know, it's yeah. like shooting ducks or geese. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I was, I was kind of, I don't want to say bummed the way it happened, but I like working them in. Yeah, that's you know? cool. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, all right, guys, appreciate you coming on. Uh, to all the listeners, make sure you go download wherever podcasts are available. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, click subscribe, leave us a review, and click that farthest right-hand star. And follow us on Instagram at Keeping It Wild Outdoors. And until next time, keep it wild.